Welcome to the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where the conversation about discipleship is always real for real people in real life. Welcome back. I'm Lance Wigdon. I'm the Communication Director here at Real Life Ministries. And once again, I'm with Jim Putman, our lead pastor at Real Life Ministries in Post Falls. And uh, Jim, today we're talking about, does a disciple need accountability? And uh, I understand that uh, question because, uh, you know, I've heard people say, and I've even uh, on occasion thought to myself that uh, I only need to be accountable to God, and because He knows that stuff, uh, why should I? Why should I share some of the stuff that's going on in my in in my life? And you know, maybe that'll harm somebody else. What, what would you say to somebody that had that philosophy? Well, I think uh, the Scripture says that if you walk in the light as He is in the light, you have fellowship with one another. First John one five. Uh, that fellowship words, word means a uh, deep abiding relationship uh, to, to know and to be known. And so um, if we're really in love relationship, which by the way, uh, Jesus said, by this all, all men will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. A believer is characterized by loving relationships with God and others. So if we actually have that, that means we really know each other, not just uh, the face we put on at church we know and, and we're known. We care about uh, looking into somebody's eyes, not just what their mouth says. We care a- about knowing them, and we want them to know us, because relationship, uh, we, we were built for it. We need it. We need all that comes from it, and uh, accountability is a huge part of what we gain and what others gain through real relationship. So um, if somebody said, hey, look, I'm a good person, you know, I'm doing the best I can walking, w- walking in the light, I'm reading my Bible, uh, I'm a, you know, I do all the stuff that uh, good people do. And, <clears throat> and when I talk to you, you know that I'm a good person and uh, I'm walking in the light. And so we can just continue to go to church and everybody's good. Yeah. Uh, my question, though, is... Is that walking on the light, or is, or do I have to know people better than that? Do I have to, uh, do I have to get, do I have to get ugly with people? Do I have to tell the things that I don't like about myself to them? Well, I would say this: the the way you phrase that was okay. I'm a pretty good person. I'm not, no, you're not. You already are ugly. Well, see, I don't want to walk in the light with you because you hurt my feelings. <laughs> Uh, what I mean by that is everybody's ugly. Mm-hmm. We all are struggling in our mind in one way or another. It might be with an addiction. It might be with shame. It might be with pride. Uh, and one of the ways that God uh, blesses us, heals us, in part, is the grace He gives us through other people in our life. Uh, intimacy, and I'm not obviously talking about sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about really being known. And really knowing others, that that's what heaven's going to be like. Mm-hmm. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us, is it creates this deep relationships we were built for, but we lost because of sin. And so when you really know people, and they, they know you, uh, and, and you do walk in the light, you take these dark thoughts, these lies that the devil plants in our mind, and, mm-hmm. and it causes them to fester. We take those out of the darkness and bring them into the light. Uh, light is, is the best disinfectant. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, 
people just, uh, they hide, they lie to themselves, they lie to others, they pretend. And, and then, uh, you know, as a human being, I know this, I can get so caught in the forest, I can't see the trees. I can get so clouded in my understanding and, and I can get one degree off. It doesn't look that bad. And then I'm 10 degrees off Then I'm so far out there. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have relationships that know me, that know where I'm going, that, that catch me in the one degree off at the beginning instead of five miles out later on uh, without me even noticing it, then I'm, I've set my own life up for failure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so when I think about accountability, it's, it, it's designed to be in part like the barriers along the road, you know, the, the, the rails mm-hmm. that keep you from going way out. You may run into them. Same, same with rumble strips on the side of a highway, you know. Uh, as you move into them, there's a loud noise that comes that wakes you up to, to the drifting you do as you're not paying attention to the road. Maybe you're falling asleep. Maybe you're looking out the side. Maybe you're playing with your radio. Those are designed to help you get alert again. That's what relationships do. They, they hem you in. And they even tell you the truth. Uh, scripture says uh, in Proverbs 27, the wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Mm-hmm. Uh, your friends who really love you will tell you the truth, what you need to hear when you're a little bit off instead of what you want to hear. True friendship is that you love them so much, you'll tell them uh, the truth because of love. You, we speak, we're speaking the truth in love, the Scripture says. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I got a question for you. Okay. I mean, I understand the um, I understand the idea for accountability. And I understand that it works a lot of in, in a lot of ways that are non biblical. Like, for instance, a uh, personal trainer uh, mm. or a coach yeah. or somebody that's uh, you you want weight watchers accountability, weight watchers, uh, smoking, all of it. Yeah. Right. I've never tried any AA. of that, but I understand the at least the theory of accountability. But when I think about that, um, I have two problems. I have two problems with uh, uh, the idea of accountability. I understand the advantages, but to get there, my, this is the two things that come up in my head. First thing is I feel like um, it's the day before school, and I'm having that dream where I'm in school, but I'm in my underwear. <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah. don't want to feel vulnerable. I don't want to be all mm-hmm. of a sudden say, hey, guy – you know, hey, person, I I know at a certain level, I'm really struggling with uh, with X, or I, you know, in my own head, it doesn't seem right. But I'm just I'm just going to be as real as I can. Uh, that has a lot of fear uh, attached yeah. to it. Yeah. And and then the second question, or the second part, is um, how do I build an environment around me that I know that that I that pe- other people can feel safe. To also feel vulnerable and yeah. basically just giving them the straight scoop. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. In a world where sin um, is it rules, mm-hmm. you cover yourself. I mean, in the very in the very beginning, Adam and Eve. As soon as they sinned, as soon as people started choosing themselves, mm-hmm. that made the other person usable material. Mm-hmm. So, what did the other person do? Mm-hmm. Cover themselves. Mm-hmm. That is the natural result of living in a sinful world. Uh, and so you're right to be afraid uh, to do that, but the Scripture also says perfect love drives out fear. Mm-hmm. As you start to, to, to know your identity in Christ, as you start to understand who you are, as you start to understand His love for you, as you start to understand how Jesus acted, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, said to His, his buddies, 
my soul is grieved to the point of death. Mm-hmm. Pray for me, you know, and he wept in front of them. I mean, God himself wept in front of his disciples. Mm-hmm. And it, he was real in his humanness. Uh, though he was fully God, he took on flesh. So in his humanness, he showed what it looks like to be honest with people. And it, and it takes courage, because yeah. you're right. They could judge you. They could could say a lot of things. And, and we have to decide to be courageous. I never said being a Christian isn't, it doesn't take courage. Mm-hmm. It does. You just have to be willing to step out first with Jesus' help. And when you do that, when you start to, to be open and honest, especially as a disciple-maker, you create a safe environment because people go, oh, that people are only going to go as deep as you go. Mm-hmm. As you set the depth, people go, oh, here I can be honest. Here he's going to be honest. He's actually going to give me something to use against him mm-hmm. uh, or, or to talk about. Yes, I am. Because I love you, because I need relationship. I need it. I know you need it too. I'll start. Mm-hmm. And you set the depth for the accountability in the group. Well, I know that that is something you've done absolutely here is you've set the tone for what uh, real looks like. Uh, but the the other part I have trouble with, uh, even though it takes a lot of courage, I, I, I you know, and it is risky. It is it, when you do have a culture of accountability. You know, you have people all the time that come up and they have a word for you, or they feel like they know something, and they're going to say, "I see this," or my. You have a lot of feedback about a lot of things. Uh, how do you how do you hear that feedback? It depends, you know, who it is. It depends on the attitude. It even t- depends on how much I slept, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, um, you know, I, I do want people to be honest because mm-hmm. they're either thinking it to themselves, which creates distance, or they're honest, which allows us to close the gap. Mm-hmm. But I don't always want to hear it. So there are times when I react poorly, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, when it is. And I have to go back and say, you know what? First of all, I appreciate that you were honest with me about that. Um, I'm sorry about my reaction. I'm going to pray some about that. I don't just assume because somebody's honest with about me, with me, uh, that they're speaking to me from the Lord. But I certainly don't want to overreact and act as if it's not just because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got because and, that hurts the culture. Yeah, yeah, it hurts the culture. You're a culture creator, but at the same time, um, uh, I'm not open with everybody at the same level. Just as Jesus had the 120, he had the 12, he had the three, and he even had the one. you, you got to be wise about what you're open uh, with. Um, you don't have to share, especially in mixed company, you're not open about maybe if you're, if you're a guy and you're struggling with your thought life, you're not open in mixed company. That's a man conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not open with another woman about your struggles with your wife unless it's your grandma. Mm-hmm. Or somebody's sixty years old. You don't talk about struggles with your wife with another woman. That opens up uh, a conversation, a dialogue that you don't. You're, that's not. That, the Bible says older women are to teach the younger women. There's appropriate levels that 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 don't give the devil room to take something to this. You know, you start getting that kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. It leads to emotional affairs. It leads to all kinds of comparisons. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do that. So there's appropriate level. But you're, you're just because you're not accountable to with everyone and you're open with everyone doesn't mean you're not accountable to anyone. Mm-hmm. If you're not accountable to anyone, uh, you you're in a very dangerous position. And you can say, "Well, I'm accountable to God," but God says, "Be accountable to others." It says, "Confess." He says, "Confess your sins one to another." 
Uh, Hebrews 3, uh, verses 12 and 13, it's my life verse. See to it, my brothers, that none of you gets a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Mm-hmm. He says, make sure you don't get a sinful heart, but encourage one another daily so that your hearts will not be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That encourage word means to exhort, to admonish. It can mean, hey, it's one to another. Hey, what are you doing? Hold on a second. Or, hey, great job. Mm-hmm. This admonish, exhort is about living life with people where there, there's real honesty, where you're really helping one another. You're with people that want your best. Because and the truth is, sometimes I think I know what's best, but I'm, I'm lied to. I'm, I'm confused. I need somebody who mm-hmm. loves me enough to say, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. You're self-deceived. Yeah. Yeah. A- absolutely. So I, I, your, your point of uh, important a, a, a environment is not going to grow unless it's healthy enough to be real. And so it is our jobs at leaders at whatever level to create an environment where people feel like they can be honest about their feelings and, and what's yeah. going on. In and and the fear of, of shame and judgment, I get it. You know, when the devil wins, that's what he does. He's called the accuser of the brethren, right? So you, and, and all of us have experienced being shamed, right? Mm-hmm. And the devil just is trying to drive us internal, because he knows if he can get you to play in the dark, he can lie to you, deceive you, um, and it, it, to bring it into the light is what you need. So the devil is going to try to create that in your, in your life and in your culture. And, and the truth is, if you're a disciple maker, if you're mature in Christ, you're, you're there to change. You, you may not even be in charge, but the culture around you you're responsible to build a culture where there's honesty and transparency. When you come into the culture, whether you're the top or the bottom or wherever, mm-hmm. you can change that culture. You may be in a meeting where you can't change that meeting itself because of who's leading it, mm-hmm. but you have a culture at home, you have a culture with friends, you have culture with co- co-workers where you get to be the light. You get to be honest and life-giving. You're a life-giving spirit. Jesus was a life-giving spirit. Because we have the Holy Spirit within us, Mm -hmm. we can be a life-giving spirit, helping people find peace, helping people conquer the devil's lies, seeing the light. That doesn't mean everybody's going to like it. Mm -hmm. You're going to have people that don't want accountability, that that, that don't want you to speak into their life. And, And you can go, well, maybe I shouldn't. No, you do. And in love, you speak the truth in love, and that doesn't mean everybody's going to go with you. Mm-hmm. And but on the other hand, the people who don't go with you, that's that's not a relationship that is going to be disciple making anyways in the future if that isn't right. what they're at that time uh, about. But your point about having people around you, uh, I really think that's one of the struggles that our culture has is uh, with technology. With uh, you know, I look I look in my lifetime, and it used to be. Uh, you know, connecting with people on front porches. I was talking to my dad yesterday about uh, uh, the when I was a kid growing up, how old men would sit around and, and uh, tell stories. And, of course, they got to the point of being ridiculous. And, uh, and just how old men, you know, in my mind, that's what they do. Well, I'm an old man now, and the reality is, is I text people. And, I, you know, the, I, my, my level of interna- interaction is actually limited the amount of people that I connect with is multiplied, but the actual deep connection is limited. I think the Bible is talking about have those people around you, just like you said, 
daily. And I don't think, I, I think we're trying to redefine that as a culture. And I think it's a danger. You have to be around people that are able to see you, know what normal is, know uh, what you're like when you're not wearing your Sunday best and still love you for it and be able to speak to you uh, yeah. when you're not. Yeah, that's good, Lance. I, I, I think the amount of, the kinds of connections we have right now are really, um, uh, they're counterfeit. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, in our culture in particular, the, the, the amount of mental illness, the, I think a lot of addiction happens because they feel dissatisfied. They feel alone. They, 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 they're just, there's, there's mental anguish and emptiness. And so they're trying to find some way to deal with the pain. And, the, and, and then, you know, we're doubling down on it. We're, going, we're trying to make it easier to use the Internet, easier to, to watch this, watch that, let, you know, play this game on, on, you know, and you're sitting there next to a guy, but you're both focused on the screen and you're not really getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the mental um, anguish and emptiness that's coming from a lack of relationship with God and a lack of relationship with others is leading to things... And we're just starting to get hints at it now, but it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Everybody's freaking out scientifically right now mm-hmm. uh, about why mental illness is increasing and all that. Well, I think it's a direct correlation mm-hmm. uh, to what, what the world we're living in. And as Christians, we're part of the solution, which means we got to get off that train and get back to the ancient ways, the mm-hmm. ways that God designed us, as uh, Jeremiah says. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. And uh, your point about Satan, uh, you know, it's just like a military... Uh, coup, you're, you're going to cut off communications, you're going to isolate, and then you're going to ambush. And you, we see it in the lives of people in our in congregation and people that we're in relationship with all the time. You can watch it happen. And uh, that's one of the many reasons accountability is important, but it, uh, it starts with us building a culture or being willing first, unfortunately, like we learned earlier, uh, to be courageous and start a culture around you that accountability is welcome. And then and then that extra layer, which is getting those people that are familiar enough with you, a small group of people that you continue to uh, walk with yeah, that can and, speak and into your life. And again, as a disciple maker, you're raising up people that have lived in that culture, understand that culture, and can pass it on. Because a lot of times people go, I have my accountability group, mm-hmm. and that's different than a discipleship group. Mm-hmm. An accountability group may be this group of guys that I know for the next 50 years, but that doesn't mean I'm part of the mission of Christ. Mm -hmm. If you're a disciple maker, you're creating people who create disciple-making accountable cultures. Mm -hmm. So um, again, on the one side, you've got no accountability. On the other side, it's just me and three, right? and the whole rest of the world can go to hell. No, we're disciple makers, and yeah, I've got my my guys that I still talk to on the phone and go to coffee with regularly, but I also have my disciple-making group so that I can help other people experience what God had for them, which is discipleship in relationship that produces relationship and accountability. But that, that's also a huge advantage, too, because now you have a large group of people that actually know that actually know who you are and can speak into your life, even though... They're not in that constant contact mm-hmm. because it's because they know you. Yeah, and to be known by multiple people, I believe that is what the church is. Well, it's very satisfying, is. absolutely. And I think that's attractive to other people because, just like you said, as this culture gets lonelier and lonelier, um, and has more and more issues, the more we crave that kind of community—the community we started out with and we went away from. Yeah. 
In the garden, yep, that's right. Thanks a lot, Jim, and uh, we encourage you guys to go out there and uh, build the culture of accountability. Thank you for joining us on the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where we want you to remember discipleship is simple, it's just not easy. 